Good morning, New Fellowship Missionary Baptist Church, a place where love abides, where Pastor Dontel Halls is our senior pastor. I'm your host for your Sunday School Hour, Reverend Bill Riley. Today's Sunday School lesson title is God's God's Provides Water from a Rock. God Provides Water from a Rock. Our lesson text is found in Exodus chapter 17, verses 1 through 7. And all the congregation of the children of Israel journeyed from the wilderness of sin after their journeys, according to the commandment of the Lord, and pitched in Rephidim. And there was no water for the people to drink. Wherefore the people did chide it with Moses and said, Give us water that we may drink. And Moses said unto them, Why chideth ye with me? Wherefore do ye tempt the Lord? And the people thirst there for water. And the people murmured against Moses and said, Wherefore is this that thou hast brought us up out of Egypt to kill us and our children and our cattle with thirst? And Moses cried unto the Lord, saying, What shall I do unto this people? They be almost ready to stone me. And the Lord said unto Moses, Go on before the people, and take with thee the elders of Israel, and thy ride, wherewith thy smote the river. Take in thy hand, and go. Behold, I will stand before thee, there upon a rock in Horeb, and thou shalt smite the rock, and there shall come water out of it, that the people may drink. And Moses did so in the sight of the elders. And he called the name of the place Massa and Meribah because of the chiding of the children of Israel and because they tempted the Lord, saying, Is the Lord among us or not? Road trip every year. My family look forward to traveling from Delaware to Charleston, South Carolina. The road takes about 11 to 12 hours. However, with the children, it's normally uh, 15 hours and sometimes we take uh, my mom. In between uh, Delaware to Charleston, South Carolina, there are many stops. Um, Bathroom breaks, of course, but there are also uh, places where we stop to eat food. And I say this because it reminds me of this story, a Sunday school story, is a group of people on a road trip trying to get from one point to another and in between the the destination and in between the place where they start. There are many uh, problems that arise. Our golden text says, Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker. Psalms 95, 6. Life is filled with tests. When we are still, when we, when we are still infants, our parents release their grip on our hands to see if we can walk on our own. Our school years are filled with tests. Later, there are other kinds of tests, driving tests, fitness tests, college entrance tests, employment tests, and innumerable medical tests. They are all designed to benefit us in some way. 
The same is true of spiritual tests. They often accompany physical tests, challenging us to trust the Lord through pain, suffering, loss, and hardship, even when we can see no immediate benefits. Such tests are beneficial to us in the long run. They teach us about God, about ourselves, and about life itself in this cursed world. We can, however, forfeit the benefits of the test God brings us into our lives when we fail to learn from them. We do not progress spiritually. Earlier in their journey at Elam, Exodus 15:27, God had led the Israelites to an area of 12 springs and 36 palm trees, satisfying their thirst by natural means. The Bible does not say how long it took them to travel to the area Raphidim near Mount Sinai. They were, of course, accustomed to living in Egypt where the Nile was a constant source of water. The wilderness in which they were traveling to the land of promise was not all desert, but there were very few natural sources of water or food. They had been going out each morning to gather manna for their daily food, but now they needed water. I guess you can imagine if you travel from Delaware to South Charleston, South Carolina, and, and along the way there was no um, rest stops where you could get uh, at least a bottle of water, a fresh cold bottle of water, or even some McDonald's french fries. The kids will soon have a murmuring attitude towards us if we didn't get them something to eat and something to eat quickly and soon. It has been three months of the year's testing by God for Israel through rough times and unfamiliar landscapes. Our lesson outline is broken up into three parts. The tests, the responses, the rebuke. The test. The Israelites and Moses led out of Egypt had already encountered challenges along the way. They had faced a lack of drinking water at a place called Mara, but God had miraculously provided the fresh water they needed. When their supplies ran low in the wilderness of sin, the Lord had brought them quail to eat and began the miraculous daily provision of manna. The bread from heaven. Now, the vast Israelite nation journeyed through the wilderness of sin to Raphidim, where they encamped. The precise location is uncertain, but as far as they can be determined, Raphidim was located in the far southern east of Sinai Peninsula. Raphidim would have been Israel's last stop before reaching Mount Sinai, where they would remain for a lengthy period of time. So far in this traveling band of over 2 million people, not including women and children, however, God had tested them for about three months. Since they left Egypt, there was been there have been one test after another the question is why is god testing israel 
we may have explained the reason why in our last podcast. However, let me just venture to say this. The Bible teaches us that God tests us to see whether or not we're going to completely depend upon him for everything. It is the natural proclivity of man, even myself, ouch, wants to not have to depend on anyone. You don't want to have to depend on your job. You don't want to have to depend on family members. You don't want to have to depend on even your bank account. Amen. We want to be able to have the ability to be able to make things happen when we want them to happen and how they happen. However, God normally cuts off those avenues so that we may depend upon him. Even though the body is over 70% made up of water, water is a, is, is a necessary for the human body. Water is necessary. And so uh, the children of Israel uh, knew that there is a need for water. Water refreshes your thirst. Water cleanses your body. Water removes sand from your shoes. And of course, they were in dry, arid deserts. Um, water um, cleanses you internally. Let that resonate with you for a little bit. In Exodus 17, 1 says that at Rephidim, there was no water for the people to drink. We cannot put together an exact chronological chronology of Israel's travels, but we know that they reached Mount Sinai exactly three months after they departed from Egypt. The lack of drinking water at Rephidim was encountered less than three months after their similar uh, experience at Mara when God gave them fresh water to drink. Our text makes it clear, however, that the Lord himself had led the people to this place. His means of leading them was by the pillar of cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night. The Lord's presence in the cloud provided divine guidance for them throughout their wilderness travels. The Lord clears guidance in leading the people to Rephidim is equated with his commandment or instructions. It was not the people's choice, nor Moses, to camp there. Rather, God had specifically directed them to this place where there was no water. Why would he do this? To test his people, it had been only a few weeks since they had faced a similar situation. At that time, they had murmured against Moses rather than against the Lord to provide the water they needed. God had miraculously turned bitterness, bitter water into fresh water, satisfying their immediate needs. Maybe his principle was to teach the people of Israel as well as ourselves that life is oftentimes bitter and sometimes sweet. He had then led them to an oasis in the wilderness that there provided abundant water for the congregation on their earlier incident. So we see throughout um, the travels of Israel that there are 
some good days and then there are some bad days. But this is a test. Now, he was testing them again. Would they trust the Lord to provide for them as he had before? Or would they once again grumble and complain? Had they learned their lesson or would they continue to already establish patterns? This was a very real test of their faith. The people tested the Lord. Point two. The answer was not long in coming. The people began to chide it with Moses. The word or the verb means to strive or contend, argue, uh, quarrel. It is implored for verbal combat and sometimes used as a legal dispute. It could also mean that the people was not merely complaining against Moses, but also arguing that they did not deserve what they were suffering. They did not deserve what they were suffering. Hmm, that seems like the definition of pride. What I think I deserve, I did not receive. So therefore, I'm angry. It is interesting that the people demanded their drinking water from Moses. They could not seem to look beyond their leader to to the God who had made them their leader, made their leader. Moses' response was to ask the people why they were contending with him and tempting the Lord. Your murmurings are not against us, but against the Lord. Any complaints against Moses were actually complaints against the Lord because he was the one who had brought them to this place. If Moses was guilty of anything, it was obeying the Lord. In verse 2 of chapter 17, the word tempt here means to test or prove. It is the same Hebrew word used in Exodus 15, 25, referring to God's testing the Israelites. In most contexts, it has the ideal of testing or proving the quality of someone or something, often through adversity or hardship. In what sense was the congregation testing the Lord? They were testing his patience with their ingratitude and demands. They did not appreciate what God had done and was doing for them. Instead, they considered their circumstances unfair, uh, demanded immediate relief. Indeed, as we see in Exodus 17, 7, the people even questioned the Lord's presence among them. Hmm. Question the Lord's presence among them. A pillar of a cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. That's, that is an unusual phenomenon. The people should have known by then that God would provide their needs. Can I get a witness? A testimony. Have we reflected upon the things that God has already done? The people in this day of this current protest, after all, was one more day on which the people had been able to gather manner to feed themselves and their animals. What they were doing was refusing to wait for God to take care of them in spite of their leaders. Words, the people continue to grumble to direct their complaints against Donald Trump. I'm sorry, Moses. 
as they had been done before. They accused Moses of bringing them out of Egypt to kill them and their families and their livestock in the wilderness. The tests we face in life not only teach us lessons, they also reveal our character. The true character of the Israelites came out when they faced great difficulties. They had not learned from previous experience to look to the Lord to provide. Instead, they blamed their lot on Donald Trump. I mean, I'm sorry. I keep saying Donald Trump. Moses, without realizing that they were blaming the Lord, their problems was not a lack of water or Black Lives Matter. No, there it goes again. Their problem was not the lack of water, but a lack of faith in God to meet their needs. The response. Consumed by their anger and tormented by their thirst, they accused Moses of leading them into the wilderness to die. He was no deliverer. He was trying to kill them. The response. Moses immediately turned to the Lord, the one the people should have turned to. Moses begged God to show him what to do. The situation had become so ugly that he thought the people were going to stone him. In Numbers chapter 12, 3 tells us Moses was a very meek man. The word there means humble or restraint. Of course, Moses wrote this. Moses had his failings, as we all do know. Moses was a murderer. And he had anger issues, especially when people rejected him. Our response should be like Moses' response. As Christians, we acknowledge the power of prayer, but too often pray as a last resort rather than to continue practice. For some reasons, we think we can provide for our own needs and for those who depends on us. We should never lose sight in, on, of this one simple truth. We depend on the Lord for our daily bread. Matthew 6.1 As always, the Lord was waiting for a, a solution to the problem. He instructed Moses to go out in front of the people, taking with him the elders of Israel and the staff that he struck with the Nile, that he struck at the Nile River. The Lord would be standing by the rock as his staff and his water would gush forth from it in such an abundance that all the people could drink. And that some scholars believe that this striking of the rock created a river that would at least quench the thirst of over 2,000 or 2 million people at this time. So it wasn't just um, grab your jar, get in line get some water. This was a river that was gushing out of a rock. Once again, Moses would be the instrument God would use to provide for the people. Moses was the one the people had attacked and his miracles would again vindicate his leadership. The elders would serve as a witness to this event, passing on to all the Israelites what had happened since two, the three million people could not all personally have been there. Verse seven is the rebuke. Massa and Meribah, 
The Lord graciously and miraculously provided the water for his people and for their needs. At the same time, Moses rightly gave them a lasting reminder of their sinful attitudes they exhibit on this occasion. He gave to the place the name Massa and Meribah, Massa, meaning tempting or testing, and Meribah, which meaning strife and contention. Like Horeb and Sinai, this place had two names, though of though often only on, though often only one of the names is used, the names would forever recall the people had tested the Lord there and contended with his servant Moses. Moses reproach. Moses added that the people had tested the Lord by saying, is the Lord among us or not? This greatly added to their guilt. It was bad enough to complain about their circumstances, but they also questioned whether or not God's presence was among them. His presence among them was obvious by the pillar of cloud by day, visible to all to see the manna that they received as well as the water. Their denial of the obvious was a challenge to God and an insult. The names Meribah and Massa would act as a standing rebuke of their godless attitude. Do we ever question the Lord's presence with us? Because times are difficult and God has not given us relief. To do so is to adopt the attitude that deserves rebuke and demands repentance. Troubles should drive us to trust the one who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we even ask or think and is so faithful throughout the years and praise him. He is sovereign and in control of all our circumstances. Psalms 95 is our golden text. We sing that song in the harmony with music. I like verse one. It says, Oh, come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us shout joyfully to the rock of our salvation. Come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. That rock in which we stand on, that rock which was smit and, and gave us abundant water. That rock, which is the spiritual rock that gives us the spirit of God. That refreshes our soul, especially during times of grief, times of of lack, times of hard times, uh, uncertain times. And finally, Psalms 95, 6. Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker. We need to worship the Lord because it is he that has made us. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Practical point number one, it is possible to be in a difficult situation and still be in the will of God. Number two, prayer should be a believer's first resort in adversity. Number three, obey God and trust him with your questions and fears. Number four, prayer is critical to anyone who leads God's people. Number five, believers succeed by yelling all their resources and abilities to God. Believers succeed by yielding, I'm sorry, all their resources and abilities 
to God. Thank you. That's it. That's all we have for you. May God bless you and heaven smile upon you.